So, like, if you are that way, can it be put in adjectival form, like prolixus? Or, I mean, like, prolixiferous? I think prolixity or, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is, is it, it's kind of the form yeah, of that word. The, of course, that's, that's the noun, noun right? Uh, being uh, prolixity? Pro, prolixitous? Um, yeah, I don't know. The, like? Yeah, I don't know all the different forms of the word. <laughs> Get off my back, man! <laughs> <laughs> I just found a new word, man. I, only, I don't know all the. I only know notes. one form of it. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> you know the meaning of the word annoying. <laughs> Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas here with Daniel for another episode. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well, doing well, and want to thank, as we jump into uh, this episode, I want to thank each one of our patrons and our elite patrons uh, who sacrificed to support this uh, podcast. We just prayed for you before we started this podcast, and I do want to say thank you for uh, for your support, and uh, that, that means something to us, and if you're interested in supporting this conversation, these conversations, you can go over to patreon.com slash reason together and join those other patrons in uh, various tier levels of of what you want to support per episode, but anyway, that's available to you. For the elite patrons, they do get uh, behind the paywall access to the after show, they get a free t-shirt, they get some priority standing in their questions. Mm-hmm. In their feedback, and even the um, is it is it the Patreon is it the Patreon dot com um, kind of discussion board? Is that where that's at? Yeah, there is a discussion yeah. board there. Um, <clears throat> love to see that put to more use and see some good <laughs> conversations <laughs> going on over there. Um, <clears throat> and of course, we are on there as well. Um, so if you have questions that you want to submit, you can submit them through there. If you are a patron. Um, if you're not a patron, you can send your questions into reason together podcast at gmail.com. That's reason together podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions, uh, we'd love to hear your topic ideas. Um, I'm not sure we would ever run out of anything that we could personally talk about between the two of us, but, uh, <laughs> you know, things that we'd want to always talk about on the episodes, you know, it'd be nice to, to, you know, not run out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, we've been. I think we're we're coming on two years, year and a half, something, something like, like that, that yeah. of of podcasting, and we haven't run out yet. And it started because we so enjoyed our conversations together. We really did. And in fact, I I started making a, li- a Tom list. You know, and I think mm-hmm. you might have had a Daniel list. I and did. It's just. And then and then when we'd have each other over, it was probably like you know, honey, could could we you know maybe. Uh, not stay up till you know <laughs> ten or twelve at night talking. Um, yeah, <laughs> whatever, our, our wives know, like, would like, tell our wives, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so anyway, we just we just loved it and glad that we had this opportunity. And what if you're new? If you're new to the podcast, you're talk you're you're listening to a couple guys um, who are who are Christians and who want to just reason through every area of life to bring it to uh, a biblical conclusion. I mean, to, yeah. to find out, okay, how do, how do just these practical matters relate to the Scripture, which we see to be the foundation um, of, our, of our thinking and of our practice? Yeah. So, um, so we're looking for any questions you have. Don't feel like, oh, well, no, it's not a theological question. It, it really may be. Um, yeah. It, it just anything about life and how, how you're, you're, you're struggling with where to land on something, maybe we can help you out. Yeah, and we can certainly leave your question anonymous if you would like us to. We've right. had that before. I know that yes. a lot of times folks are maybe a little uh, iffy about submitting their question to some guys on the internet, but uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah, ask right. us to leave you anonymous and we will certainly do that. Yeah, right. And it doesn't mean that we'll like, give you the answer, because we may not have the answer, but we can at least help you try to reason uh, through it and this say, is true. here's some things to, to think about along the way. Yeah, and it provides perhaps hours of entertainment, trying to listen to us <laughs> figure something out that we uh, we can't figure out. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you're, like the, you're like the guy watching Wheel of Fortune, you're like, man, everybody can see that, come on, you know what the answer is to that. And we're like, um, well... <laughs> 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 anyway, oh, <boy. laughs> um, we do want to do something a little different today, uh, at least at the outset here. 
Um, I thought we would have a puzzler that we could put out there to our listeners um, just because it would be fun to do and I think uh, the listeners would enjoy it. And there's the possibility of winning something here. Um, we, uh, we've recently recommended some books on this podcast uh, by Bob Schultz. And uh, I'm working through the one called Practical Happiness with my, my sons. And uh, we decided we'd like to give away a copy of that book uh, for free yes. to a listener yes. who submits the correct answer to uh, a puzzler question that Daniel has drummed up this morning. Um, and basically, all you would have to do is send us an email at reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your answer to the puzzler. Uh, and if you get it correct, we will randomly choose from all of the correct answers we receive. We will choose a winner and we will send you uh, Practical Happiness by Bob Schultz. Right. So one more time, you have to go to reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your answer. We'll select from the correct answers uh, to, to select a winner. Now, yes. here is your question. There, was a Bible, there is a Bible character who... Um, who w- worshipped the Lord, but he knew that he was going to go to the house of a false god and be required to bow. And he asked in advance for pardon when he went to the to the to the false uh, deities, you know, temple or whatever, um, and would bow. He said, basically, the Lord pardon thy servant, and. A prophet of God said, go in peace. Hmm. So in advance, he knew he was going to go to a temple of a deity he did not worship and be required to bow, and he was asking in advance for pardon, and the prophet of God said, go in peace. Wow, and we are looking for the name of The name this of that biblical character. Okay. Yes. All right, well, there you have it, listeners. There is your puzzler. Start thinking. <laughs> and if you know the right answer, submit that to Reason Together Podcast at Gmail. We'll give it several weeks to uh, <clears throat> to soak in there and see how many answers we get back. And yep. we will try to select from among those who won the book. Yeah. I'm looking forward to look forward to somebody getting that. Yeah. Practical Happiness by Bob Schultz. Yeah. Well, getting into the conversation for today, uh, I sent you a link to a video last night. Um, that I, that that struck me as odd to say the least. Okay. Um, do you want to describe that video? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I will. I thought, and I'm going to give you my take right off this top. I mean, I thought it was touching in a sense if it wasn't so sad, uh, that, that because of the current climate, somebody felt like it had anyway oh. so it was this this girl i had to say she was kind of intuitive for a girl i mean or kind of ingenious for a girl i mean and i'll mean that that sounds bad for that, a little that girl does sound bad yeah that, that came out wrong um for a little kid <laughs> for a little kid right yeah. i mean because she wasn't i don't know i'd probably put her at eight maybe nine anyway yeah. she she made this screen quote unquote whereby it was in a doorway whereby she could hug her grandma and grandpa entirely like encased in plastic or uh-huh. like covered by plastic. So she had, she had, of course, plastic the whole doorway, and then she had created these armholes, and then as you stuck your arms through the hole, it was still encased in bags so that your arm and hand wrapped in bags uh-huh. could r- reach around and hug her grandma while her grandma reached through from the other side, totally encased in bags and shrouded by plastic, and hug her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that she made this totally, you know, COVID-safe means mm-hmm. uh, of of hugging her grandparents, and they could hug her. Yeah, that was unique. Yeah, and 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 though I think our responses were similar to that video, I think yours were slightly different, like just subtly different than mine. You, you, you use the word touching in that. And, 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 yeah. and, and then you use the word sad. And, and, and I also used the word sad when I responded to that video. <laughs> but, you didn't but there was another it. word that I used. <laughs> Do you was recall it, what it was? I, wait, I, is it weird or... Um, dumb. Uh, wait. It was the word dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of difference there. Touching okay. Down and there, and, so. and I don't say that to disparage the child. Okay. Uh, I understand the child was responding to something that they really were concerned about and believed was legitimate. And, and I give that to a child. What, what frustrated me is that the look on the parents' face or the grandparents' faces, and, and I'll send this in the, the show notes for the listeners who are interested. Um, you probably heard of them before. They're, uh, they're known as hug stations <clears throat> or hug tarps. And it's uh, apparently a viral thing now. There's uh, numerous videos going around the internet now about hug stations. Wow. Okay. And some of them are just basically a frame up in somebody's yard with a shower curtain, a clear shower curtain with armholes no cut in it. And then the armholes are lined with bags so that their arms can go through and they can hug each other. And I, you know, I'm not so frustrated by the innovation. I think innovation is cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, if a girl is, is being <laughs> innovative and she creates something like that, I think that's great. That shows a good mind for, for creativity and innovation. What right. frustrates me is the look on the people's faces that to them, this is perfectly normal. This is okay. Mm. This is somehow yeah, great. Right. Uh, and that we need this. Their thinking um, has come so far that this kind of odd contraption is a relief because it tr- solves a true problem. Right, right. And again, we're not, we're not ones that are saying COVID is a hoax entirely. No. Uh, it is a real virus. People have died from it. I, I understand that. But I, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I guess what, what the look on the people's faces kind of tells me in some way is that their thinking has totally changed from pre-COVID days <clears throat> to where this now seems like an accepted part of life. And I'm troubled by that. Okay. Cause I mean, fr- frankly, you know, COVID is not as dangerous as we originally thought. Um, ridiculous mm, right. numbers of people survive this, even people with comorbidities and other problems. Um, mm-hmm. even elderly folks, um, and there, there are, of course, some who die from it. But the vast majority of people who get it will survive from it. But there would have been a time in history where if someone would have built a hug station because they were afraid of, you know, influenza or uh, the common cold or something else, you know, to build a hug station would have been considered weird. Mm. You know, and, 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 mm. and reporters would have at least maybe said some sort of caveat that as bizarre as this looks, this works for them. But the way they're mm-hmm. reporting on these things is as if it's totally normal and good and, it, and sane. It feeds into the mania that, uh, yeah, this, is, this is, should be seen as, yeah, like you're saying, normal. And, and maybe I, to go back to my statement, not that, they, not that the grandparents <clears throat> looked like it was uh, an answer to a problem. Honestly, to me, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm hugging my granddaughter. But like you say, it's more like it's just normal. Like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a grandparent, even though I'm not a grandparent. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, uh, you know, if I, if I was the grandparent behind the plastic, my first thought would be, okay, kids are literally safer from coronavirus than they are from the flu. I'm the only one here at risk of dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm a grandparent. I'm just going to tear down this plastic and hug my grandchild. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're safe. The only danger here is, is to me. You know, and I would rather spend, you know, you know, the, the, the rest of the time of my life having the freedom to hug my grandchild without plastic in my face. Well, and I, I think you're really hitting on a point there that does, uh, it, it should truly anger us that in the response to the virus, what have we, what have we taken away from people, especially in this one point uh, people, you know, so so the elderly people are essentially locked down in a nursing home for months without a visitor. The family can't come visit them. A man is dying in the hospital, and his family can't be by his side. Yeah, that is terrible. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? So, uh, so you know, a guy in his last moments, you want to be with your dad or. You know, your dad be by whoever, you know, and 
and to, to have that comfort as he leaves. This one time in life when he's departing in, 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 into death, you know, and you can't be there to say goodbye, you can't be there to hold his hand, you can't be there to speak whatever words you'd say because somebody else might get sick, yeah. maybe a little kid who's not even hardly going to, he's going to practically be asymptomatic or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, kidding me. I just, yeah, it, it's quite it's quite frustrating. Uh, I mean, you even heard maybe you heard about the one nursing home. I forget where it was exactly, but the elderly folks there were literally protesting, like with signs. I may have heard that because they felt like they were imprisoned. They were protesting, and they they were willing to risk their health and safety to have a normal relationship with their family members. And and well, in thinking about all this with the, yeah. the hug station and all the this other stuff, it, the thought crossed my mind. We talked about it before, but I want to pose it in different questions. Is liberty more important than safety? Yes, I agree. And and, and I think uh, I think just a basic few few minutes of thinking through that would prove true for anyone else. Liberty is more important than safety. Um, and, and probably the best example of that is our armed forces who put their safety at risk to preserve mm-hmm. our liberty. They're the Good ones thought. doing that on behalf of the entire nation. If if liberty wasn't more important than safety, we would have no military. We would just say, okay, we don't need that. Um, but no, I think as a nation, we understand liberty is more important than safety. But modern culture is so afraid of death. We mm-hmm. have a different relationship with death than I think even previous generations had a hundred years ago, 150 sure. years ago, oh, where yeah. people understood, even as a young child, you know, death happens and, 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 and they didn't hide that. They didn't hide the ball from their kids. Uh, you know, it was a, a real part of life and understanding that, yeah, people die and sometimes people close to you die and it's, it's not fun and it hurts and it's sad, but that's just the circle of life. <laughs> we want to call it that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it's like today everyone is so insulated from the concept of death that we fear it so much that we're willing to give up simple liberties like hugging our grandchildren, right? Simple liberties we're willing to give up in the name of safety. And, and I think when we pose the question, is liberty more important than safety? I think the answer is obvious. <clears throat> but let's, let's, let's ask that question a different way. Okay. Is my liberty more important than your safety? You know, I, I just had a, a discussion with my son last night, <clears throat> and I would say uh, yes. But with this understanding is, again, going back to our founders uh, and the concept of liberty as we know it in our country, they did realize that our government, again, was was only fitted to a self-governing people. Right. And so what I, I was saying to him was, you know, on, he's like, so what if a, a guy has the black, you know, the black, you know, black plague or whatever? Um, you know, so we would say, well, he's a threat, you know, to our safety. So we should be able to board him up in his house. Mm, no, no, no. Um, now, if he were to come and cough in somebody's face, that would be the intent to harm. But if he's like, man, I'm starving to death. I got to go get some food in the grocery store. Well, you know, he's got to go out and shop. I need yeah. to avoid him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if I want to if I want to protect my own safety, I can wear a hazmat suit if I want to, but I don't like you're saying it, for my safety, do I have to make you do I have to impinge on your liberty um to say no, you have to do this to keep me safe. Uh no. Yeah, no, I I I'm inclined to agree. Though I, I don't know if 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 I have to if, if I would have to wear a hazmat suit to protect myself from a guy walking around with the plague, I would feel like then my liberty is being infringed on. Of course, um, but that's a difficult question practically to answer. How do we cope in a society right. like that, um, right. where where people view um, a maskless person as an affront to their safety, and the maskless person views the masked person as an affront to their liberty? Um, that's, that's a frustrating and complex problem to deal with in, in society. Um, but I, I do generally agree with you that, yeah, my liberty is more important than your safety. It sounds like a jerk thing to say, but frankly, if everyone had that viewpoint, uh, I think there'd be a whole lot more practical solutions 
to the COVID restrictions problem. Yeah. And I mean, obviously what I stated a minute ago was an extreme and, 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 you know, and things like that, you know, the hazmat suit, but, um, but yeah, to say, yeah, anyway. But I guess going back to the whole hug station thing, uh, I was having another thought as I was thinking about that and to, to relate this to a Bible issue, Mm -hmm. um, I got to thinking about the difference between an addiction and mental enslavement, okay? And I think sometimes people equivocate those two things, you know, because you say someone who is addicted to something is, in a sense, enslaved to it. And I agree with that basic premise. But, like, an addiction is something that changes your compulsion, your impulses, where you now do something as a habit without thinking about it because you're yes, addicted right. to it, okay? Like the smartphone addict will just pick up their phone every five, ten seconds and look at it for no good reason. It's still it's still a choice, but it's been so ingrained, it's become a habit that you don't even think about the choice. Yes, yeah, addiction yeah. changes the compulsion and the impulses, whereas mental enslavement is essentially a change in one's lifestyle based on a change in one's thinking, um, like a complete seed change in someone's thinking, where they are now tied to a certain way of thinking, um, and mm. and they can't get out of it. They can't reason their way out of it. And and I think when I saw that hug station thing and I saw how, how those people were acting like this is perfectly normal, I realized at that moment that many people's minds today are enslaved to COVID. It's now affected our thinking so much that if you watch any kind of video from the pre-COVID days where people shook hands or hugged or didn't social distance, your first thought in your mind is, oh, that's weird. It's like, oh, wait, what's going on? Oh, that's right. It's pre-COVID. And, <laughs> and you start looking at life differently and, 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 you know, when people go out in the stores now, it's like they, they, they compulsively, you know, wash everything and, you know, douse yeah. themselves in, yeah. uh, you know, hand sanitizer <laughs> and the, 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 the mask, you know, the, you'll watch them walk away from their car and immediately turn back to go get their mask. And it's like, it's totally changed the way people think now. This goes beyond, you know, addictive or compulsive behavior. This is now a seed change in, in the way people think. And, and that makes me a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I could push back just a little bit, you said they can't get out of it. They can if they'll do their homework um, and if they'll stand against the peer. I mean, if they'll say, you know, everybody may be thinking this, but my reasoning tells me <laughs> something else. Um, I think they can change that or resist that seed thought change. Um, it's not like it's not like they're being enslaved against their will per se. It's just that the fire hose of the media yeah. is causing them to maybe drink it in yeah. faster or without as much discernment. But you would acknowledge, though, that I think people who are generally unhappy with these restrictions, they're typically the kinds of people that eventually, yeah, they're going to do their own homework because they want out of this as quickly as possible. But I know people, mm-hmm. I know people, I know Christians who are kind of in this rut now where mm-hmm. they seem content with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, they seem content with masks. They seem content with social distancing. They seem content to sit at home and watch live stream church. They seem content to order everything online and never go to a store again. Uh, and they've just accepted this. This is our new normal. This is our new normal. It's like, well, now hold on. Hold on. Are you really going to lay over that easy? Mm-hmm. Are you really going to do so little thinking on your own that you've accepted well, and I, this? And that's maybe the thing is, is they, they don't see, um, they don't, necessarily see the danger to the liberty they just go oh well you know it's it's um counter to my um comfort or my convenience but i guess i just have to give that up they don't see necessarily the threat to the liberty uh, and that's where it's helpful to hear a conversation for somebody to even bring it up and go wait a minute is something being taken from you that you don't even realize yeah and 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 to bring this back to the bible issue that i keep promising i was going to get to (laughs) is uh you know as i watched that hug station video the verse that came to mind was second corinthians 10 and verse 5 
And I thought that maybe you could look at that with me and help me see here what this passage is talking about and and see if there's any kind of relationship here between um, a Christian whose thoughts and speculations and reasonings are in submission to Christ versus one whose thoughts and reasonings and speculations are in submission to COVID. And it says there in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, actually, let me back up a little bit in verse 3. Um, Paul writes, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, and, and by the way, I realize that the context here is not talking about a virus. The context here is not talking about <laughs> civil disobedience. It's not talking about, um, you know, PPE and restrictions. It's not talking about any, any of that. Um, <clears throat> I think he's, he's, generally speaking, talking about that our solutions to things are spiritual solutions, primarily. Um, But then he says in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I paused on that phrase. um, Actually, there's several phrases I paused on. Let me start with the first one, casting down imaginations. And, And I looked up that word and it just means thoughts, ideas, or speculations, or reasonings, or philosophies, or really anything that's contrary to reality, is basically what that word means. Imaginations mean it's not real. Um, yeah, I would I would take it um, a little bit a little bit differently on that word. Okay, um, explain the. Um, sorry. Hey, hon. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, go ahead. Um, we're kind of in the middle of it right now. We got started a little late, but when I, yeah, I will come home when I'm finished. Yep, I'll be glad to help her, but it may be a little while yet. Okay. Okay, I love you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. The word uh, here is uh, logismos, which is kind of, it's, it's related, I think, to the word um, logos, maybe even to the word from which we get logic, I would say. It, it has to do with um, reasoning. And mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily um, that it's, I mean, it does lead to this idea that it's counter-reality. Right, because um, it says that, that it's, it's every a, high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of against. God. Against. Yeah. yeah, but it's basically a reasoning. So you're gonna you're gonna encounter other people who are reasoning. They have a they're thinking through something and they're putting pieces together. But it's a reasoning that is false in essence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a reason because what he's talking about is casting. He's not casting down reasoning, right? But he's casting down a a false reasoning. Um, yeah. And to me, anyway, that's a, an interesting distinction because it's somebody who sort of built their argument, but they built it on false premises. Yeah, you know, so I think we're connections. I think we're saying the same thing, but different ways there. Because okay. you know, I see that as you know, someone is speculating. They're, 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 it's their own thoughts and ideas, their own speculations, their own reasonings. Mm-hmm. These are things mm-hmm. that are contrary to the knowledge of God. Um, <clears throat> and and the other phrase I paused on in this verse here, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, just at a, at a quick look at the verse, uh, and and I just as a side note here, I it has an extension to us. However, I think the the context may be speaking of Paul and say like Apollos or the new spiritual leaders uh, there that in their ministry, this is what they're doing. But of course, by extension, it can extend to us as well. Right. But kept, you know, casting down or bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, to me, seems to be that obviously, again, there is a truth to which every other line of reasoning must submit. Um, you know, that truth, truth stands cross-examination. And so you have to take the truth and bring every false thought into, into captivity and say, yeah. no, that's wrong, this is the truth. No, you, that thought must be subjugated to the truth which is expressed 
in Christ and mm-hmm. through Christ. You follow yeah. what I'm saying? I do. Um, so that basically er- falsehood and error has to succumb to truth. Right. Is that a good, fair enough way of saying it? I think so. So, I mean, generally okay. speaking, the way I was taking this verse, it sounds like you're, you're, you're kind of in agreement, is that the, the basic premise here is that there are, there are rationales that people make themselves, mm-hmm. and there are there is truth. <laughs> yes. These things stand <laughs> in contra- contradistinction one from the other, and a Christian should be responsible to cast down his imaginations, anything that exalts itself against God, and bring into captivity their thoughts into the obedience of Christ, to actually take their yeah. own reasoning and say, okay, here's mm-hmm. my line of reasoning, premise A, premise B, and conclusion. Here's my line of reasoning. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing mm-hmm. this to Christ, and I'm saying, is this correct? And I think right. that what COVID has done for a lot of Christians, and especially a lot of lost people, is, is it has made people's thoughts in subjugation to covid instead of to Christ. And I think many Christians now are not filtering their thoughts through the obedience to Christ. They're filtering mm-hmm. their thoughts through obedience to COVID. And and if I could be a little bit more specific, um, it's, it's uh, not just a COVID, but it's the public perception of COVID, which of yeah. course has been largely, largely created and amplified by, by the media. And so what a large part of that is, is it's a, um, it's a, how'd you put it, you know, a captivity to it's, it's a fear. Yeah. And largely it's a drumming up of fear that COVID is huge, terrible, bad, um, you know, ruins your life. And so everything I do is, is kind of playing off the fear of getting this. So, you know, yeah. hyper cleaning, social, you know, extreme social distancing, you know, i.e. I, I, the new Thanksgiving measures in oh. uh, Pennsylvania or California, that even if, even if you have two people in the same house, uh, two, more than one household in your house and you can social distance, you still need to wear a face mask, you know, mm-hmm. that the face, but, but it's all, but it's basically to me coming down to the issue of fear. So am I playing my life by fear or yeah. by facts and yeah. by truth and by the overall perspective that God gives and what place should you know my health and the stewardship of my health play in my overall lifestyle should it be dominated by the fear of one you know one virus or are there other things that yeah. play and, and I think maybe some people who maybe are skeptical of our take on this might think that, you know, oh, these guys, you know, they, they think we should just throw caution to the wind. And, you know, if they get COVID, ha ha, look at them. They, they got COVID now after everything they said. Um, one thing you, you might be forgetting about the conclusion that I'm trying to make here is that I may get COVID. And if, you know, frankly, yeah. and I've already thought through this, I'm willing to die of COVID. Mm-hmm. If if COVID kills me, I'm willing for that to happen. Um, you say, boy, that's that's awful. Well, I mean, fact of the matter is, uh, I would rather be a free man mm-hmm. uh, and and live a shorter period of time. Well, and to <laughs> to add this to add this facet to it, you know, you're saying unless we look sort of like we're just throwing caution to the wind. You work in the medical sphere, I do, <laughs> so you kind of see the front lines of some of this stuff. You're talking to yeah. medical professionals. You understand even the mm-hmm. um, the uh, viability of you know of certain uh, face masks yeah. and things like that. You understand the protocol even in a medical setting. And on my part, I've already had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, you know, kind of say we're, we're, we're both coming from, yeah. you know, yeah. a perspective. We're not saying we never, ain't, 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 ain't got it, ain't never going to get yeah. it. <laughs> you know, and you frankly, know? and frankly, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, I can only speak from the standpoint of the medical places that I work at. And, you know, I can't, I can't speak for everybody there. But I'll tell you, there's not, there's not a majority that really take these restrictions seriously. Um, mm-hmm. we, we do them because our workplace requires them. But uh, on a personal level, having talked with a lot of the people that I work with who are also medical professionals, they're like, this is a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not part of the machine. <laughs> OK, 
okay? They're not part of this big medicine conspiracy to make everybody wear masks. No, a lot of medical professionals are like, this doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, for generations now in hospitals, if you walk up to a patient's room and there's a sign that says droplet precautions, you know that means wear a surgical mask and put on some sort of, you know, f- you know, front covering gown to make sure they don't spit on your, your clothing or anything like that because droplets, mm-hmm. you know, carry disease in that room. You know, so it's a droplet precautions. You go to the next room and it might have a sign that says airborne precautions. That's a different thing. Totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You need an N95 mask that you've been properly fit tested for and trained on how to use, and 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 you can't walk. And that room has uh, p- like negative ventilation, so so that room is like it's hmm. like airlocked in a way. Um, wow. You walk in there, totally different story, and you can actually get in trouble if you're not wearing the right kind of mask. So medical professionals have known for generations now that regular surgical masks do nothing against airborne viruses. We've known that. This is obvious. This is like grade school level stuff. And now all of a sudden medical professionals are hearing that these masks work, you know, these silly, you know, Hanes, you know, people wearing underwear on their face, you know, or people wearing basically what amounts to a coffee filter on their face. Uh, We've known for a long time those things don't work against airborne viruses, but we're hearing differently now. We're hearing the public saying, you know, these things work. You need to wear them. The masks work. Mask up. And medical professionals are like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and and um, so what you're saying is that COVID has been said to be airborne, uh-huh. or you've said at least airborne and possibly and and droplet, if, yeah. even if it's both. Well, definitely droplet uh, for sure. Okay, and it has been confirmed, I think, as of July of this year, that it can travel airborne. Uh, airborne particles. And the difference is droplets are heavy enough to fall to the ground within, you know, six feet or so. Airborne Mm -hmm. particles are very light, (laughs) hence the name, and they can actually Mm -hmm. be carried through ventilation systems. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So you're you're breathing in the same room as somebody and it's going to get recirculated and you may pick it up. Yeah. Um, So, um, you know, and, and going back then to the droplet precaution, you know, so so the airborne thing, you're wearing this mask, you know, you're wearing a balaclava, you're wearing your little, um, you know, Western, Western style uh, bandana. Th- bandana over your nose. That's doing absolutely nothing for an airborne virus. Correct. It's just going to breathe around it or it's going to breathe through it. It's going to be recirculated through the air in a building, whatever. Correct. Um, and as far as the droplet precaution... You know, then you have to analyze, okay, so if we're all wearing face masks because of a droplet precaution, which is largely caused if you cough or sneeze, yeah, okay, well, for years, you know, we've been, and if you're taught, you know, some decent, you know, some decent manners here, you sneeze into your elbow, yeah. into the inside mm-hmm. of your, you know, your elbow bend there, um, and... Uh, or, or you know, if you're going to sneeze, you grab your hanky and you sneeze into your hanky. Um, so, you, you know, but I mean, how many people yeah. as you're walking around the store and they're saying you have to wear this mask? OK, so all 300 people in that store are wearing a mask. The workers are wearing it, you know, eight hours a day. Yep. How many times have you seen somebody even sneeze? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're all wearing this mask because somebody might sneeze and might be within six feet of you and might have COVID. and All for a virus where most people below the age of 70 have a 99 point something percent chance of surviving if they get it. Yeah, phenomenal. Just absolutely crazy. Um, And and, and I think, uh, you know, uh, that's why I say a lot of the restrictions are political in nature. They're not medical in nature. They're not scientific in nature. All, mm-hmm. all of these, uh, you know, canceling Thanksgiving and uh, the social distancing and the masks and the executive orders, all of this is political in nature. This is not scientific in nature. They are not, as they say, following the science. <clears throat> and let me, let me give an illustration to go back. When you said, is my liberty, is, is how do you put is it? My is my liberty safe- more important than your safety? Than your safety. Okay. So think about the shutting down of thousands of restaurants. <laughs> around the country, especially in large cities, you know, it's the, all these restaurants, these small businesses, if, if, if there's no, you know, mask mandate or social distancing or, or worse yet, an actual shutdown order that says you, you cannot 
open your restaurant. Okay, let's say they ease up on it and say, you can open your restaurant. Then if, uh, if I go to the restaurant, guess what? If I'm, a, if I'm, if I'm concerned, if I'm high risk, and I, and I just think, you know, I don't think I want to get this thing. I don't want to take that risk. Guess what? You don't go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But anybody else who says, you know, if I get sick, I get sick. Or, you know, I don't think we're going to get sick. Or if I sneeze, yeah. I'm going to sneeze and I might, you know, sure. or whatever. Yeah, you, you can't then remove, you can go out to eat. You can't remove the liberty of all to protect the safety of a very small few. Um, I'm sorry. That and just, that's what's being done. That's what's being done. But you just should not, you should not be able to do that. Um, which kind of brings me to the to the point about civil disobedience that I was wanting to get to. That, that is something we've talked about before. And, and forgive us, we've mm-hmm. talked about these topics before, but we're, we're, we are reasoning together. We are developing our views on this as we go. And at the beginning of this, I was on board with the idea that a Christian should o- obey the powers that be, because they are ordained of God and all of that. And... Um, you know, they're not asking us to do something that is unbiblical by wearing masks and social distancing and all that. But I got to thinking about the form of government that we have in the United States. <clears throat> and and just a simple question, if if our form of government has built into the system the right of its citizens to civilly disobey, then are you really disobeying government? Well, that's a good 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 point. You know, because because I mean, obviously, right. the governments that existed when the Bible was written did not have built into their own founding documents the right of right. the citizens right. to civilly disobey when their God-given liberties were infringed upon. Which, by the way, our 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 founders, particularly, I think it's Thomas Jefferson, enumerated one of the laws, one of the rights God gave us is the pursuit of happiness. Hmm. Okay, hmm. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, is 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 our COVID restrictions canceling Thanksgiving and all this other stuff? Is that a an infringement on the pursuit of happiness? I believe it is. Well, certainly, yeah, I believe it is and because I, the restrictions are not logical, nor are they consistent. And correct. and you're yeah, entering into not. people's private residences in a sense to tell right. them what they can and cannot do in their own homes, who right. they can have exactly. in their homes, how many they can have in their homes. That is an infringement on the pursuit of happiness, and it's an infringement on the sanctity of one's private residence. Absolutely. So, um, so if 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 I say, you know, for instance, you know, if, let's say I'm not at my private residence, and I, and I'm going to the store, and I decide I'm not going to wear a mask, even though the executive order says I have to, um, are they infringing on my pursuit of happiness? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, and our founders gave us. The right that if if there is, for instance, I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said that when any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, meaning destructive of the consent of the governed, right? Um, in other words, there. Okay. Okay. If, if hmm. I've not yeah. consented, uh, and the government becomes destructive to that end, he says, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles. And organizing its powers in such form, as to sh- as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. It is their right; it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. I say all of this to say that civil disobedience is built into our founding philosophy, mm-hmm. and, and it thus it thus kind of makes the whole Romans thirteen, where you say you know, all Christians have to obey the government unless they're telling us to do something unbiblical. Well, not if our government has already given us the permission to civilly disobey if the powers that be have destroyed the, 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 the possibility of the consent of the governed and if they have removed the right to my pursuit of happiness. And this sort of civil disobedience, you might say, well, that has to go, happen on the legislative level. Well, frankly, the legislative level isn't doing that. In fact, they're making it worse. This sort of civil disobedience must begin with the people. This has to start with the governed themselves. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that, I think what was originally envisioned there, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> in right. the legislature. Right. So, I mean, we, we can't say, well, the, you know, the way to get these COVID restrictions changed and all of that is, is at, uh, you know, at the ballot box, at the next election, vote out those leaders. Well, well, no, those, those leaders aren't doing anything, and the ones that are going to come in after them, they, none of them seem overly hopeful. 
Uh, this sort of civil disobedience by our own founders was meant to begin with the governed themselves. And if people don't start taking their own liberty into their hands here with these COVID restrictions, we're going to have more of the same. We're going to continue to have this infringement on people's God-given right to the pursuit of happiness and self-agency. And I think for that reason, when we look at Romans 13, and I think it's what is 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, you know, about how Christians have a responsibility to obey the government unless the government mm-hmm. is telling us to do something unbiblical. I think we need to rethink that because we have a form of government that has permitted civil disobedience if our liberties are infringed on by the government. So thus, we're not disobeying the government. We're in fact remaining faithful to our founding philosophy by saying, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, to put it uh, another way, I would say the pertinent question is, um, should we disobey civil authority or can we, obey, can we disobey civil authority who have overstepped their bounds? You're seeing, uh, what we're seeing is a <clears throat> tension between governing authorities and the founding document that le- legitimizes their authority. Right. So they they're going too far in their authority, and yet we're some people are feeling biblically bound, saying, "Well, they are the governing authority." Um, you know, to you know, they are they are the governor, or they are the one who rules over me. So I have to obey, even though they have essentially stepped outside of the document that legitimizes them in the first place. Right. And that's and I said this a few weeks back. You know, in Roman. Romans 13, the concept that there, there is no authority unless it exists from God. And so when somebody steps out from the legitimization of their authority and they tell you to do something, uh, I can put it this way, they may be able to make you do it yeah. <laughs> at, at a certain point. They may be able to make you do it, but yeah. they're not legitimate in that right. force. And so you, at some point, may have to obey them, but you don't, you don't biblically have right. to obey yeah. them. Yeah, in other words, I'm not You have sinning. to do right. I, I'm not sinning by not wearing a mask. Uh, and I'm, I'm adamant about that point because the, mm-hmm. the, the, after thinking about this for months now, I think this is the most <laughs> rational conclusion that um, when we think about a Christian's responsibility to obey government, okay, about anything, whether it's a biblical mm-hmm. matter or not a biblical matter, um, I'm not disobeying a government that has already given me the right to civilly disobey them if they delegitimize themselves. Mm-hmm. In fact, right, right. I am being more of a faithful citizen by doing so than you who just wears the mask because you're told. Uh, it certainly that certainly could be argued. Yeah, you're saying that you're being more of a faithful citizen because you're upholding the uh, the the foundational yeah. concepts of liberty. And what did you say a minute ago? You said self agency. Yeah. Um, that it, the more they the more they just tell you, hey, do this. Yeah. Do this. Do this. And you say, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Without analyzing, wait, do they have the right to tell yeah. me to do that? Um, because I am a free being in this country, and I do have personal liberties. Yeah. And, and at what point do, are they encroaching on my personal liberty? And if I don't question their encroaching of my personal liberty, I'm really not being a, a great help to the Republic. Right. Um, well, and I would say you're even not being as faithful to Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 as you should be, if you're just going to go with the flow of this. Um, I, I'm taking the opposite view here, that I think, okay, Christian, if you're going to argue Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, uh, you actually shouldn't be obeying and just wearing the mask. Because you are, in Mm -hmm. a sense, being more respectful to your government, to the founding philosophy, to the founding documents, by having your self-agency and saying, I'm sorry, government, you've overstepped this time. I'm being faithful to my citizenry here by by telling you no. Now, just to clarify for people listening, and and maybe don't be confused by what we're saying, we're not saying that wearing a mask... Is, in, or is wrong or is stupid no. in certain circumstances. We understand the water droplet thing, yeah. and if you're, and you're high risk, certain things. Okay, we understand that as maybe that's been the case for the last several years. Right. We're saying in the mass requirement of everyone, you know, regardless of, you know, whatever, whatever, 
to wear a mask. That's that's the context in which we're talking. Right. About. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying that you are in a sense misunderstanding Romans thirteen and First Peter two if you think you need to obey by wearing the mask. If you're doing it just to obey, because you're you're saying I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a good Christian right. here. The Bible says I need to obey the government. Well, the government has given you the 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 right to civilly disobey them when they've overstepped their authority. So if you want to be more faithful to Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, um, don't just wear the mask because you're told. Have self-agency. Good. And it's not so much about, to me, as as I think through it, um, it's not so much about the mask as it is about the principle. Um, I mean, and and here's where it's going to, just to kind of double back, you know, one more time, a lot can be taken away from you and has in, in um, what do I, societies of the past, as I understand, or a society of the past, um, that liberties will be taken away from you in the name of safety, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is a big public safety. And for the sake of, you know, of public safety, you need to do this, you need to do that. And of course, sometimes that seems to be a tedious line to draw, of where does that, you know, where does the self-governing of people uh, need to come into play and where do we cross over and say, well, that person is a danger to society and what do we do about that? But, um, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of, because I want to I say, what if, what if the issue were different? We've talked about this before because um, we're, we're talking about safety here. Is there a safety issue? And, and if there is a safety issue, how far can they go? And what would you say, basically, that the government can recommend? Because, like, what yeah. if they say, if they say you have to wear a mask? Well, the next thing around the corner is you have to get the vaccine. And not only do you have to get that vaccine, you've got to get all vaccines that we determine are safe. For the mm-hmm. safety of our society, you've got to poke your kid and give them anything we say is safe for society. You know, and by the way, you have to, you know, and you can't go here and you have to do, and, 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 yeah, I just it's it's easy to see that yeah. while face masks we go oh well what what big deal is a face mask how quickly has it come to you can't meet with other people in your home and be within six feet of each yeah. other for Thanksgiving I mean whoa, do you whoa. see how quickly that escalated all within <laughs> yeah. the same year Yes, just think of what happens over the next four years right uh, if, pre- oh, if if yeah. if, if uh, Biden is actually elected into office. Um, Christians, we can't just watch our, our liberties just be taken from us one by one. We're being dismantled piece by piece. And, and I think, uh, I think we need to rethink that Romans 13 and first Peter two thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, good. Thanks, Tom. I, uh, I, uh, wasn't really planning on talking about that uh, today. I had, I had another doozy plan, but well, <laughs> you wanna, that was good. Do though. you want to do that in the after it, show or? Next week, yeah, um, yeah, maybe we could do it in the after show. Okay, yeah. Well, if you want to hear um, Daniel's doozy of a question, uh, you'll have to go over to Patreon.com/slash/ReasonTogether. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash/ReasonTogether, and uh, sign up at the elite level, and you'll get the after show, and you can hear that doozy of a question. Yes, thanks for joining us. We're encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.